This episode of Creative Control is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. So last week, we talked to some creators about how they're approaching Black History Month this year. If you haven't already listened to that episode, please do check it out. There's a lot of great insight there. And for this episode, I'm keeping the conversation going by getting the perspective of an influencer marketing agent who has all the do's and most importantly, don'ts of how brands should be thinking about Black History Month. This is Creative Control. I'm your host, Casey Finey. Each week, I'll be unpacking the driving forces and people shaping the creator economy and what it all means for its future. To get an expert opinion on how brands should and or shouldn't approach Black creators during Black History Month, I hit up Tiffany Hardin. Tiffany is a founder and CEO of Guild Creative Group, which is a strategy and influencer marketing agency. So I started with the obvious. What does Black History Month look like from her perspective? My perspective, I will never, ever, ever get tired of giving Black people props, uh, access to cutting checks <laughs> to Black creators. I will never get tired of that. Mm-hmm. And I think Black History Month gives brands permission to, for some brands to go outside of what they typically do. Some brands use that month as an excuse to say like, oh, look what we did. We did something for Black History Month with like the three Black creators we know. But for some brands, it's, (laughs) listen, I keep it 100 over here. We appreciate it. But for some Mm -hmm. brands, it's another month and it doesn't sort of have a weight or a heaviness associated with it because they've been doing holistic, inclusive marketing and it's just an opportunity to highlight what they've already been doing and who they already advocate for on a regular basis, including their employees. Hmm. And, you know, I know that we saw a noticeable shift in attention brands began to give to creators of color following the events of 2020. And so where would you say that shift is now? Uh, Fizzling. (laughs) I think (laughs) I I genuinely do believe that there was certainly a huge uh, emotional component to brands putting their money where their heart was. And I don't know that it's completely fair to say that they've taken their foot off the pedal. A lot of brands are have, but a lot of brands have even pivoted just where they want to put those dollars so that they have a more long-term effect versus just sort of a flash in the pan. But I would say that like ultimately in the when you zoom out from a just a, a stats perspective, like there's no sort of parity in creator uh, dollars. You know, Black creators and even further BIPOC creators get less money than their white counterparts for similar work. And that still is an issue and it will continue to be an issue. I think one other thing to be mindful of is like because of the events of 2020 and just all of the things that have been happening in the world, I think brands are also trying to sort of toe the line between performative and allyship and just not being corny. And one of the biggest things that I personally feel is um, you can't really have these conversations and have brands that are doing inclusive influencer marketing and not putting people in the seats to be decision makers. 
So even further than trying to give creators money for their efforts and their creativity, I would even tell brand marketers that they had better have some incredible marketers, diverse marketers sitting in those seats um, because that's also an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm so glad you brought that up because I was going to ask, I mean, what to you is the right way for brands to work with creators in general, but particularly during Black History Month, because it can come off as disingenuous or you're just feeling like you are like brands feeling like they this is something that they're, they're obligated to do in a way like, OK, so it's February. So let's just like, as you said, like call those three black creators we know and like, let's just do this. So we say that we did it. So what I, I, I love that you brought up how important it is to have black marketers on these teams. But what, what else should brands consider when working with creators of color? Asking what do they want? Mm. I feel like that's such a quintessential question. I come from the spirit of consciously equal partnership. And so if I know that I want to work with Black creators, one of the questions I want to ask them is like, what do you want? Is there something that you're doing already that we can support you on? Or is there something that, you know, your audience needs more of from you that you know, you've been unable to do because you didn't have a lot of resources. I would lean into, especially brands that already work with Black creators, lean into folks that are already invested in your brand and you've already worked with and ask them, what do they want? Because ultimately what brands are trying to convey is during this month is that we appreciate Black creators, we appreciate Black history, and we appreciate and want to highlight and support the connection that we have to Black legacy. And I think that um, if brands are really interested in doing that work, then they can take a look at their resources, including Black creators that they've worked with, and ask them, like, how can we be of service to to you? Because here's the other thing. It doesn't always have to be so loud. Mm. It doesn't always have to be plastered on the wall, like, look at us, look what we did. Give us our 10 points and a gold star. You know, it may just be a note for your internal organization on this is how we support the creators that we work with. How have we directly supported and influenced Black creators through our resources? And that's money, that's time, that's influence, that's even putting them in a room, putting them on a panel, doing other things that can elevate that creator. And when you think about this conversation of working with brands, working with creators, and how to do it in an authentic, meaningful way. Is there anything that you think is missing from this conversation? (laughs) My gut is to say, of course, there's always going to be something missing from the conversation because you can't please everybody and you're, you're going to miss something. But I think for the most part, what I feel ends up missing from the conversation is it's really easy to bring somebody in the door and have a meet happen. What's harder to do is someone to continuously advocate ideas and operationalize them so that they're meeting the needs of the brand and also meeting the needs of the talent. So I can bring any influencer into so-and-so's brand and say like, you should do a partnership with them. And the next question is, well, why? You know, there's a thousand of them. There's only one of me, you know, so there's a power struggle that happens. It's an, it's innate. So the thing that ends up missing in my opinion is 
when someone can come with the way to operationalize an idea so that it's clear how it benefits both parties. And it's clear how it benefits the culture at some level, the talent at some level, and then also the brand, whether it's from a marketing perspective, a DEI perspective, a bottom line perspective, but most people don't operate that way. Most people don't see outside of themselves. When you think about the creators and influencers that you're working with, what what's the temperature check with them on how they feel about Black History Month? Because we spoke to a few creators and some feel one one was like, oh, you know, I, I kind of front load February with as much content because I know people aren't going to be as interested on like day four of February. And like we one creator was mentioning that she she doesn't feel the need to educate people on Black History Month because there's so many resources out there. So it's sort of like if you want to know, you can know. So it's been an interesting process in talking to these creators because I, I can understand all points of view. And so f- I would just love to hear from you, like from the creators and influencers that you're working with. How are they thinking about going into Black History Month as a creator, as an influencer? I was asking a a creator friend of mine, you know, if they had anything planned, if they were going to be on any panels, if they were going to do any content themselves. And they're like, no. And like I said, I think the only thing that I know creators are thinking about related to Black History Month is in direct correlation to a brand that's paying them to be thinking about that. And to create against that brief, you know, I will never, ever get in the way of a Black person getting their coins from a brand this month or any other month, as far as I'm concerned. Like, get your money. Mm-hmm. And additionally, if it makes the most sense, like, create a pathway. This is where I think creators can can actually get smart, is acknowledge that the brain wants you to do something and say like, oh, you know what? If you're going to pay me $10,000 to do X number of content plays or whatever, you should also see if you can ask that brand to do something else, right? Like, hey, brand, you're going to pay me to do this work. You know, I actually want to acknowledge other brands or other Black creators. And I want to give you a recommendation of people you should be looking into and or how about this? I'm going to take half of this payment and I want the other half to be a grant that goes towards equipment fees or something else for an up and coming influencer. Mm. Or can you actually take a thousand dollars and pay for 10 scholarships for a product that I sell so that I can give that away? You know, like how can you create more from the ask that a brand will do so that it, you know, strengthens and and extends your reach as a creator with your community during this time. Mm. Oh, I love that. That's really smart. Thank you. I'm a huge fan of like, y'all work for me. (laughs) (laughs) You feel me? I'm like, y'all gonna make I can't be mad at that at all. Like you think you using me? I'm gonna use you. You're the one that got all the coins. You're the one that has the huge brand. Like, let me borrow your currency. Mm-hmm. Both social currency, actual currency, and brand currency. Why not? And say, hey, I'm gonna post all this stuff, but I want you to repost it on your channels and tag me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, bring more people to me. Right. Oh, I love that. Again, it's it's a consciously equal 
partnership. We can't be so thirsty to get a little coin that we're not being super knowledgeable about where we can negotiate. Mm. And that's a huge, that's a huge issue across the board, but especially just people not being able to negotiate their worth because they, like you said, they are just so starved for that check, which is, which is real on its own, which in its own right. But I do think there needs to be a constant reminder of how to negotiate or how to push for more. I feel like I have a controversial opinion on this. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. We, We heard a lot about know your rate, know your worth, you know, all this stuff. Here's what they don't tell you. Be ready to say no. Be ready for that brand to walk away be ready for you to prove that too. And the reason I say prove that is because when you're a baby influencer, (laughs) when you just got started and you're working your way up, one of the things that you inevitably will have to do because of the way influencer marketing has shifted over the years has been very connected to how well your engagement rate is and how well you can convert audiences. So one, you have to be knowledgeable about what your content is able to do and for whom it's with. And you have to be very clear about why someone is paying you. Is someone paying you because your content converts or is somebody paying you because you happen to represent a community that they appreciate and want to be closer to and in proximity to? So for instance, you may be a skateboarder that has pretty decent content. You know, you don't typically sell things on your pages, but you have a huge audience because people love seeing you skateboard. People love seeing what tools you're using and it's entertaining. A brand might say, we want to work with you because you clearly have the attention of an audience, but that audience's attention may not convert to a sale. So you have to know that about yourself. So if you know what your content can do and you know that your content can convert, then you have leverage. Everything in this whole pay disparity, all this stuff, that's true. But you also have to be able to get in the room and know how to negotiate and be able to uh, help people understand that you have leverage in that. Because once you can tell someone, listen, I'm not just telling you pay me because I'm hot. You know, I'm telling you, pay me because there's an opportunity for us to grow in this relationship together because I have the capability of producing sales. I've done it for my brand. I can do it for your brand. You can start having more anchored, confident, informed conversations that can leverage those higher dollars. And I think that's especially important for creators that are not being represented. So that's the other thing that people don't talk about enough is that most creators are not represented because they're not actually bringing in a deal flow that makes a WME, a CAA, or a larger uh, management company pay attention. So if you're not giving up 10% of your sales so that you can be represented, 10 to 20% of your sales, uh, so you can be represented, that means you're representing yourself. That means you're negotiating for yourself. And if that's the case, then you have to be really crystal clear on what you're actually offering outside of your brand. And I think once you're clear on that, you have more leverage to negotiate the rates that you want. 
We're going to take a quick break here, and when we're back, we'll hear more from Tiffany on creators protecting their work and their mental health during Black History Month. This episode of Creative Control is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. So, Tiffany, we were just talking about negotiating with brands and creators really needing to know what they bring to the table, know their worth, essentially. And so I'm wondering if you have any examples of brands taking advantage of Black creators. I told you I work with wellness influencers, and I work with a pretty big one. And there's a vegan magazine that just caters to vegan healthy lifestyles. And I am subscribed to this magazine, flipping through it minding my business, minding my black business. (laughs) And I'm really excited about this magazine because it happens to be the black issue, like the vegan black issue that they put out during, you you guessed it, Black History Month. Mm -hmm. And I'm scrolling through this magazine, thumbing through it. My client was listed and a couple other clients. But what also was there was photographs from our website that was in the magazine that they did not have permissions for. Mm. Okay. So that's a very big problem. Anybody that's in the world of editorial in magazines, it's a known fact. You cannot use images that you do not purchase. Huge or no-no. Have, yeah. It's a huge no-no. It's a violation. It's a copyright violation. And not only did she, did the editor not associate those photos to my client, the way the photos were in context in the magazine were for other folks, as if those were their photos. And I'm talking not a small photo and not just of my client's face. I'm talking about just background images on our website. You know, like they literally had a centerfold of our imagery from our website as a part of their centerfold in the magazine that they did not pay for nor did they have permissions for. Contacted the editor and had a very direct letter, you know, (laughs) beautifully well-crafted and direct and respectful letter to that editor to remind them why it was so disappointing. And they did not get it. They thought we should be happy. They thought we thought it would be okay because it was the Black History Month episode of the magazine And we thought, you know, we were giving you exposure. That's not how that works. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Just so you know, I may work with wellness influencers, but I was raised in my career with a guy named John Monopoly, Mona Scott Young, and Steve Stout. And they have all worked with talent. And I've been trained by them. And while I may be on my namaste, I'm also on my give me my money. And I am not here for someone to disrespect, because here's the gag. It's in a magazine. So it's already printed. It's already distributed. Mm-hmm. I received my magazine at my home. <laughs> so it's already done. So now what I have to do is retroactively give them a license and make them pay me and threaten legal action. I was able to negotiate her way out of that 
But that is an example of how even someone who might be well-intentioned can still mess up and try to take advantage of your brand identity and your brand equity. And it's not okay and it's not fair. And this is why people need representation to some degree to look out for you and to have the right kind of conversations that they need to have. Because I could have easily just let that dog lie, but then that woman would have never learned the lesson of don't mess with Black creators. I mean, (laughs) I'm so lost on how anyone could think that that was a good idea. I mean, it's insane to me that they thought they could get away with something like that. I mean, honestly, you don't have to work in the journalism space to know that that's something you just don't do. But, oh my God. Anyway, maybe related to how frustrating it was to get that whole issue resolved, I wanted to ask you about conversations you have with creators or maybe with yourself about mental health, especially during Black History Month. Because we know when February rolls around, the racism gets particularly loud. So how do you go about protecting your mental health? You know, I feel like a, there was a point in, in when you were talking where I had a church moment and I just want to tell the creators out there, creators, come on, turn to your neighbor, say, neighbor, <laughs> I, I deserve to protect my peace and my pocketbook. <laughs> Ooh, say it. Okay, now, um, if somebody doesn't make that into merch, <laughs> protecting my peace and my pocketbook... Hey, now, like I want the prayer hand emoji with like a pocketbook in between. <laughs> yes. Protect your peace in your pocketbook. Oh, my God. Woo. You said a word on today. Neighbor, I deserve. <laughs> but you know what? I've been really blessed because I work with a lot of wellness influencers. And mm. that is something that most of them know how to do. Yeah. And when I say wellness influencers, I also mean practitioners. So not just someone like that does yoga every once in a while in, in Lululemon pants and like throws up a peace sign, but like folks that practice their, <laughs> I know, shady on the low. I'm a Virgo. I can't. The way you, the way you pop off shots so smoothly and subliminally, it's just like, <laughs> it's just, I, I was born this it's way. Like... <laughs> I was, I was... And don't change a thing. <laughs> we oh we love you as is. Oh my God. It's it's real. So I've been really blessed to have folks that really do understand how to protect their peace and also know when to turn off the comments (laughs) on their social channels. So Mm -hmm. um, for me, I think if I was to kind of give some general advice to creators, especially during this time, and this is what I will also say, not just for Black creators, but also for any ally that is in the world that is being supportive of Black History Month, I would say, live your truth. You cannot let other people's small-mindedness, lack of peace, lack of joy, get in the way of yours and celebrating what you know is true. And that is, you know, that is love. I think the other thing I would say is, outside of just doing your work and doing, minding your business (laughs) and doing your work, if there is a scenario in which you find yourself in where you feel like you have to choose between silence and a check. That's some inner work that you need to do related to your, your personal integrity. And 
never compromise yourself. If you have to ask yourself, who are you being loyal to? And the answer is not you, then it's the wrong answer. And I say that during any month of the year, but especially to creators that maybe find it a little intimidating to sort of stand in that space, stand in the gap or intercede um, on behalf of somebody or on behalf of your culture. There are actually way more people that will stand with you. And so you shouldn't have to be afraid of the hate coming through because you do have controls. Uh, You have controls over the comment section and who gets to comment and who who doesn't. You get to control who gets to speak in in your life and who does not. One thousand percent. (laughs) Tiffany Harden dropping just gem after gem. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Again, like I, oh man, this was a fun one. So fun and informative. Yes, edutainment. Big fan of that. So. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this episode of Creative Control. Make sure you subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And as always, make sure you rate and comment as well. Fast Company podcasts are produced by Avery Miles, Blake Odom, and Julia Shu. Editing and sound design is by Nicholas Torres. Our executive producer is Joshua Christensen. And providing editorial oversight is Senior VP of Entertainment, Scott Mebus. Mm-hmm.